Welcome to Bleed TV, the podcast of best shows on TV, and I'm Zach. And I'm Cash. And tonight we're hitting the Outsiders from WGN. Uh, this is episode 8, or 108 as we'd like to say. Uh, what's the name of that t- title again? It's Good to Be King. Good to Be King. Um, Matei, of course, is the, the main man. Do we, do we have a director or a writer on that? We do have another director. It uh, looks like they're doing two by twos. Just everyone gets two in a row, so another Peter Warner. Here so, I thought you did another good job. I think so. Uh, I really think so. Uh, by the way, listeners, if you're wondering about the audio quality, uh, we, uh, Cash and I, are actually on vacation, and we're in different time zones and so on. So we had to we had to splice some things together and do some unique recording here. So uh, apologize for the quality. This is not typical Blee TV quality, but we figure having content is better than. Uh, no quality, uh, no content at all, so that's how we roll with it, but uh, as to going back to the episode, Cash, I'm not afraid to tell you that I think this was probably one of the most intense and plot-moving episodes of the entire series so far. It was definitely one of my favorites. It answered a lot of questions, it brought up questions and answered them inside the episode, which is something that's very rare to see a TV show do, and the intensity throughout was off top rope. It's off the top rope. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, considering that the episode started basically with complete rope a dope of, oh, by the way, Asa, you're out. And I'm like, okay. I was shocked. Yeah. I, I don't mean, know about you, but I was completely shocked because, you know, later in the episode, he's like, hey, you know, you won this fight. You know, we can't kick you out with the circle. Like, we discovered the circle really has no power. Yeah. Which was a question we had. Yeah, that's so true, you know, and I'm just kind of like, well, there's really, he has no recourse, and then I see him throw his fest away, I mean, I guess, does this really mean he's out, or what? I'm really, I was really, really curious how they were going to get him incorporated back into the group, and that really, really threw me for a loop, and so I knew immediately this episode was going to be not so much a, um, you know, a kind of a situation where they dangle a carrot in front of you, but I knew it was going to have a lot of highs and lows, and it delivered very well on that. Yeah, the story just kept flowing. There was never a really stopping point besides Breeze, who I, I'm hoping he's a character who gets washed away like every other bad character we've had on the show. But as soon as it's dealing with the clan, just it ratcheted up in a hurry. Yes, you're right on the money. Took the words out of my mouth. The 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 whole scenario here of seeing Big Foster and everything going back and forth with his son, little foster and Guinevere and, you know, realizing that, you know, the kind of the cat's out of the bag, but it really it isn't. So I kind of thought that was kind of cool that they're both freaking out because, you know, they think people know or Gwen knows and she really doesn't. And, you know, and everybody else has just kind of moved on and they're making all these power plays and it's not necessarily necessary. And then it's leading to them being their own worst enemy for the future. And uh, I think that's pretty neat. I mean, just like that, the, w- even when Big Foster asked Winnevere to be his wife, you know, and she, did you expect her to say yes? I mean, honestly. I really didn't because how she started talking about traditions and this and rules, and I was like, she's about to turn him down. Uh, I, I thought, she, she's I thought she was about to go there. Trees. Yeah, I thought she was going to be like, well, we got this, this, and this, 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 but, you know, or however, yeah. you know. I kept waiting for that butt, and I kept waiting for him, well, you can go the same way side as Asa, but, you know, she took the, I think, the right move in saying yes, and we have both of them 
trying to play off of each other, seeing who the more powerful person is, which I think is going to be a fantastic dynamic throughout the rest of the series. I agree. I agree 100%. The, the whole situation was set up beautifully. You know, whoever this, I guess she's the female um, character who's part of the circle who gives the staff to Big Foster. You know, yeah. she sets the whole scene up with the whole, you know, you take this cat, this, uh, what is it, this staff or whatever. Staff, the old oak, I believe. Yeah, with the, uh, with that, with, with purity and, and, you know, and I forget what she exactly said, but basically like, you know, there was no malice. If you, you, know, if you came about it in an unpure way, you will not stay. I mean, yeah. that wasn't word for word, but that was. Yeah, pretty much verbatim. Yeah, and I thought that was pretty, pretty, pretty. Uh, you know, kind of a setting up for this entire little scenario about how, you know, it's true. You know, to a point, like she does that, and then you see them, you know, start to self destruct through their own, you know, their own worries and their own uh, what's the word for it? You know, uh, paranoia. You know, and uh, I thought that was a really cool. Um, and I know wow. we, we skipped the whole funeral thing and so on, which basically was just them standing around and him with his false, I wasn't really a big yeah. fan of his false. I mean, he finally showed a little of emotion for it yeah. and everything. How cheesy but, was that? I mean, really, how cheesy was his emotion? I mean, after, you know, go ahead and bow down to your king, to come back with the cheesy tears and everything. Oh, I, yeah. I, well, if, I, if, I wasn't in the, if I wasn't in the cage, I could have been there to protect her or be over her. Or I'm like, give me a break. I'm like, yeah. I was really kind of expecting. I was really expecting somebody to laugh when he said it or something, you know, to show that disrespect. Um, I thought it was cool special effects to see the crows leave. I thought that was pretty neat, you know. Um, I mean, I want to go back to the uh, where they anointed him and gave him the oak real quick. Yeah. And does that language like what kind of heritage do you think they originally are? I was feeling a little Irish with the way. Some of the words she was using. You know, it's funny you said that. I was in a conversation with somebody the other day, and uh, and I don't know if I was tweeting or Facebook or like that. And that question came up, and somebody said they felt like it was Gaelic, which is, I guess, very, I guess, close to what you're talking about, like an, an ancient, um, yeah, something you know derived from that, possibly. Well, Gaelic even makes a little bit more sense to me because I know there's a lot of mysticism, especially tied up in the land, not necessarily magic, but along that. Yeah, like, the Mother Earth and all that, you know, some kind of mm-hmm. derivative of that. And so I, I, that was kind of a guess. I have no confirmation of that whatsoever. That was just somebody else's opinion, and his opinion was is taken more highly than mine. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but I mean, I, it I sounded cool. Gaelic. Yeah, it sounded cool. I'll give it that, you know. Um, but yeah, I thought that was kind of neat. I, and I thought it was really neat that he had, I thought it was solid that he had to ask what she said. That, yeah. Like he's not and even. I don't know if it was he didn't understand. Cause I didn't, I didn't take it as he didn't understand. I took it as a, you know, going back to your paranoia. It was like, are you really telling me this? Yeah. I think that I had something to do with her death. And that's how I took it for when he had to, you know, get the, make sure he heard it right. You know, when I when I saw him do it, I kind of looked at it like he was dumbfounded. You know, maybe like what you're saying, but I also kind of felt like they were trying to make him feel like he didn't know what she was saying because he just didn't know. He's just a big dumb idiot. And yeah. So it, it kind of split hairs either way. Um, Which also they did a great job of making uh, 
David Morrissey, I know he's a big person, but he was towering over everybody. Like, they really zoomed in on him and gave him that extra girth and everything. You know, I really want to know is, is that, did he have his name for his character before or after he was cast? You know what I'm saying? Were they looking yeah. for a guy to fit that, you know, that stature? You know, or do they see him and go, oh, we got to have Dave Morrissey. What's a good name? Well, obviously, look at the size of this guy compared to everybody around. Do we call him Big Foster? You know, I, yeah. I, 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 would, I would love to know that. You know, I would love for Peter Matei to tell me. Um, I'm sure he had a name, like a real first name. But as soon as the casting started going, like, oh, Big is just going to work so much better than anything we have for him. I could totally see that being the case. You know what I mean? Just... Just being, you know, right down the line, you know, and just being that the, the name Foster is the big important part of the name, and so having yeah. like a sir or a slang or something in front of it, it was more important than what your real name is, because most everybody else, or as far as I can tell, is called by their first name, except for, for the most part. There's very few, like unless you have an important role, I feel like you're pretty much your your first name. You're on first name basis, you know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you think about it, Gwen, Asa, uh, uh, Hassel, uh, all these people all go by their first names. The only people who don't is Fosters, you know. And uh, so, I mean, I, that's what I'll say. I, I'd be very curious if I could ever, we could ever interview Peter. I'll tell you about some things. I would love to be able to know some background of how he created some of the names and characters, who came, who, what came first, cart or the horse, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, part of that, the heritage and stuff. I mean, I think all of that would be fantastic. Absolutely. Get a little bit more feel for Absolutely. And speaking of interviews, we put some feelers out there, and uh, we've got a follower on our show who happens to be on the show, a guy named uh, Ted Williams, and uh, super, super nice guy. Uh, he's been kind of letting us know that some of our predictions are kind of spot on and some other ones are just completely awful. And I think that's hilarious, and uh, I, I tell him all the time that we appreciate him and his input, and that uh, he can he explains that he can't give us details or anything, but to really expect this show to continue to amp up and see certain characters really become a lot bigger presence, and other characters really kind of draw back and so on, and get a real big change in perspective. And I'm telling you, that's especially what, with that second season, you know, being certified, it lets. Oh, yeah. Right a little bit looser. Yeah, so, I mean, in my mind, he is already making me lick my chops even that much more for where this show is going to go to finish up this season. You know, and I know the last time we talked, he even corrected me, too, and I didn't, I didn't even realize I said it. I said 11 episode season, but it's actually 13. I knew that. I don't know why I said that, but, you know, so that just goes to show you this guy is real sharp. He's in depth with this show. He's letting us know that, you know, he appreciates us. We appreciate him. And I think that's on the money. And uh, I can't wait. I mean, especially after what this episode brought to the table. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. And I'm really hoping that now we've got the second season, we know kind of where we're going and everything. We can get a little bit more action because I was talking to a few people, and they were just saying how they build it up perfectly, but we just haven't had that climactic scene yet. You know, we're not getting many climaxes yet. No, we've had so, we've had some good we've had some good spots here and there. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean and, we're building up fantastically, but yeah. now we just need that one or two scenes to let us know that they can hit the home run. Right, you know, and um, I mean, if you look at it, 
everything is kind of falling apart in a good way. I mean, the the top. Well, Ash begs to differ. He, he's had a rough, a rough ride here the last two or three yeah. episodes. Yeah, well, the the stash. Oh my gosh! Yes, this this episode has sealed the deal for Dirtbag Dad of the Year. I mean, oh, this, man. I mean, when he's th- when he is cussing and throwing f bomb. Was it an f bomb? I can't remember. Uh, it wasn't an f bomb. I think it's a good GG though. Yes, well, and that, so on with a kid present and so on. I was just like cringing. Not even just present. I mean, it, it was directed. I mean, yeah, it, it was super cringeworthy, and I'm like, WGN stepping out there on that limb again. Yeah, you know, three, I think they burnt through seven in the first eight episodes, so. Yeah. Gotta got love that. The one thing, this is the first time I'm going to complain about one of the things about the show, only because we have hit this nail on the head just so many times, it's becoming redundant. We know Stash is a terrible father who has not got his crap together. And for eight episodes, we have been hit and slapped in the face with some way of showing that over and over and over again. And when are we going to actually start to have a a reckoning and understanding that you know, either you you, got to take a crap or get off the pot. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, yeah, we saw they it. Tried. Straight, they tried to give him that redemption, and he, yeah, he fell flat on his face, you know? Yeah. And I understand, you know, addicts, they fall, it's hard, this, that, or so on, you know? But we're still getting hit with the, uh, we wake up, we can't hear our phone go off, we're surrounded by beer cans, we're paranoia, we're pulling guns yeah, on I mean, sisters coming through the door. I mean... Not even just the sister on the door, on just the door. Like, yeah. That gun was pulled, it was a hurry. Yeah, so I mean... I mean, like, what is it going to take? Do we have to have him accidentally shoot his son because he doesn't realize what is going on or he's in another, you know, induced, you know, situation? I mean, when do we get to the point of, okay, the child gets taken away or he gets realizes he gets in trouble or something? That storyline of him being a terrible father, it, it needs to go somewhere. And it ha- well, I mean, it's tough to watch. I think part of it is, A... He's going to take the kid away. He's, he's the sheriff of the town. There's nothing anyone can really do. But then B, I think we're, I think we've hit that reckoning point where he's at literal rock bottom. I mean, he's not going any lower physically. Uh, when you say rock bottom, are you trying to make a pun at him going into the shaft of the rock bottom? You know? I mean, a little bit. I mean, <laughs> I, like, I think it was meant to be intended that way. Like, he's been doped on pills. Like you said, he's been paranoid. He's pulling his gun at the wind of the door. He's convinced the ferals are trying to kidnap his son. Yeah. And he's rattling off at anyone who will listen to him. Yeah, and I so just... they threw him down into this coal uh, mine. I don't know. It, that's like I said, this is one of the first time I'm going to complain is, is that we need to get to a point of that and move forward. The stash, we understand he's a terrible father. We understand he's paranoid. We understand he's an, an addict. He got all these things. But let's go somewhere with it. It needs to come to a climax or at least to give a different direction instead of seeing the same thing repetitively. Well, I mean, it's kind of like that. His, him and his entire family, and I'm going to assume the witch is a part of that at this point, are just kind of in a circular uh, catch-22 almost kind of plot line. Like, none of them can make a move because the other person won't make a move. 
And so they're all just kind of sitting there in the middle and we're waiting on the ferals to come down and make a move. Yeah, you, I mean, you, you got a point. I just, uh, you know, everybody... just wants to be reminded that they're there, but really, we could just spend more time in the mountain right now and have a lot more fun with it. I agree. Um, it, I'm just hoping that since this episode did such a good job of keep maintaining a high intensity of panic and change of venue as well as change of leadership and... Um, I'm really, really hoping that this next episode maintains that and it's not a situation where it's a, wow, we got away from that and it goes back to what we were doing before and then we have to rebuild up another climax situation. Does that make sense? It does, but I don't think that they're going to go there because they've been building so well and like I said, we haven't hit that climax, but I definitely think we're closing in on it and I have complete high hopes that we're just going to keep climbing up this mountain and actually get that action that we're craving coming up real soon. Yeah. You know, I want to touch because, on... Uh, I, I want to touch on the brother-in-law, Stash, and this town oh. meeting. You know, this is the first time we see him actually do something that's related to a job or, to, you know, anything, his public relations and so on. I love how he's in a room of about maybe 30 people. And maybe. Maybe, you know, and... I mean, there's more sandwiches with people on that table. Exactly. And, um, you know, and it, we're, again, we're, we're hearing the same thing. You know, jobs, the road sort of delayed three months, different things, da 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 And, you know, when it first starts off, you're like, okay, is this guy going to get to something where you're going to actually make people happy? And the answer is really no. And then you come to find out that the witch from the coal company, this is all part of her plan to get people riled up. Do you up. think that she was just going, like, do you think he could have thrown out, like, eight months and she would have been climbing her finger up? Like, no, keep going. I mean, keep going ten months. Yeah, I mean, she, I think, like I said, I think this was a beautifully done part. I loved how they did the camera work on it where it constantly showed people moving around the room because of the time and the delay instead of actually showing Getting it. Getting up and walking out. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was really, really neat. I did think it was kind of strange that a person was stood up and said, uh, leave them people to be, you know, they on that mountain, da, 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 da. I thought we kind of moved past that. This was kind of, I thought this was more of a interest meeting for people who were wanting to see forward movement, not an interest well, meeting that incorporated people who had a voice to say, get off of it, you know what I mean? I mean, it definitely was supposed to be that kind of meeting, and I mean, we definitely see them walk out because they quickly realize that anything they say is going to be pointless. But I think it was done because, hey, there's always those kind of people that are just one of those meetings. They want to get their voice heard to make sure that the other side has someone speaking for them. And so I thought that was a nice, realistic I agree thing to add. I agree with you, you. You got a point. It's just like if somebody goes to a, a Donald Trump rally or, or you know, Bernie Sanders. There's always going to be that one guy who steps up and says, you know, hey, you're wrong. Everybody needs to listen. Yeah, not to necessarily that. protesting, but just you know, making sure that both sides are heard. Right, speaking your opinion, you know, and um, but yeah, I'm seeing he's up there talking, and they make it. They do a really cool job of the cinematography, make it where it looks like he's up there talking for hours. And you see the same people like shuffling around in the room in different seats, leaning on their hands to talk and da 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 da. And then this yeah, I mean, this witch gives him like five hundred dollars and says, "Go go get them liquored up." 
And I was like, it's kind of impressive because that has so many opportunities to go wrong and all of it benefit the coal company, which is yeah. which is hilarious. And coal genius. company comes out shining the entire time. And yeah. Reese is just a doofus. He has no idea what the actual goal is. No, well, how do you not realize what what the, what what she's asking you to do? I mean, I mean, this guy oh, completely gosh. And I thought like that entire scene was done beautifully. It actually led to a point, but I'm just so out of Brees as a character that yeah, it was you a know, point for me. I really thought that I thought that he would be more in tune with trying to get Stash in line somehow. Instead, it's kind of like working a different angle that doesn't matter if Stash is in it or not. You know what I'm saying? So I, I'm confused because I thought the reason she, he, she hired him was an angle on his brother-in-law. But realistically, she's using him well, for she everything didn't but. Know that, she didn't know that he was the uh, sheriff's brother-in-law until about an episode or two ago. No, kind of no, I think no, I think that's the whole reason. Is I think if I remember correctly, the reason she straight hired him is because she found out who he was in relation to the stash. Because uh, he was hired, he was hired right after the sheriff got killed, and so that, like I said, there was a reason back then. And remember, we talked about that one time about how. She was going to try to use him in some way to influence Stash, and we were never we we're scratching our heads about it. And okay. I'm still scratching my head because I don't see how it's influencing it whatsoever. Well, it's just like when he first came up and gave that speech at the public meeting, the first one. You know, he was aggressive. He was assertive. He was willing to throw his wife under the bus. And now he's a lot more cautious and. Time. Oh, he's a lot oh, more tame. Yeah. Sure yeah, I don't know. And it just seems like he's not the character that he was portrayed to be. No, you know, I, to me, I saw him as a guy who would grab the pitchfork and flame and lead the little posse up the mountain. Instead, exactly. like I see him lighting the torches. Like, hey, you need more gas? Yeah. All instead, right, instead, we got him up there talking uncomfortably in tight khakis. And and yeah, and you know, it's just uh, I guess it's just a perception and anticipation of what you think of a character, and it's just not coming to fruition. So you know, it is what it is. It was good to see the cold lady again. It's good to see that she's got more tricks on her sleeve and more ways to try to get things going. And that she, you know, she uh, she's a genius. I mean, her plan. She's shining at the end of every scene. She's stealing them. And she knows exactly where she wants this going, and she is keeping it this train rolling. Right. To stay in the in tune with uh, Ted and his comments, where do we see Cole Lady ending up for this season? What do we think is going to happen? Man, um, I'm going to tell you. I, let me ask you this question: Do you think she dies in this series? Not a chance. I don't think so either. Here's my prediction. Uh, She's going to give us her best effort. Everything's going to go like that. And somehow it's going to blow up in her face. And she'll be either replaced or removed. And it'll be in an embarrassing way or something. I don't think she'll meet any harm or scratch or anything of that nature. 
I don't think anything physically happens to her. Really, I don't even think any bad career thing happens. So you think she? Like, you think she's a second seasoner? I think she's a second seasoner. I don't. Maybe she becomes mayor of the town or something. But I don't. I don't uh, see her going away. Oh no 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 no! She's not a local. She ain't gonna become no mayor. I don't. Be honest with you. I don't. I don't see her going to season six. I think they've got to have a new antagonist. I don't think they continue the same plot line of the mountain versus the town for the coal no, company for the second go around. So that, I think that's what excludes her from second season. There's got to be a new well, situation. And that's why I see her moving on to some something inside of the town. I don't know. And I don't I think know. She, Not being she local. Jobs or anything. Not being local. I, I think she's a goner, and we'll get a new face of evil, or you know, a new antagonist of some kind. In my opinion. Yeah. But she's just doing such a good job. I would hate to see her go. Yeah, I think she does. I think she's doing a phenomenal job as the as the the bitch, pretty much. <laughs> you know, in, in, yeah, in the I kindest mean, way possible. Um, you know, but. Throughout the episode, it continues on back on the mountain. And I loved it when um, Hassel comes into play and you have the whole convenience store scene where he comes in there. That answered a lot of questions for us, you know, because we had been asking, how does he find Sally Ann? How does he always know where to go? Right, and realistically, he's actually searching. He's looking around, da 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 You know, did did you get the politically correct or the current climate of society in this whole scene i mean i thought it was hitting it hard with the whole i'm a human treat me the same and equal you know stereotypes the whole nine yards you know yeah it was a little heavy-handed for me just because i mean i guess that's what we're dealing with in the news and everything yeah it, it was an interesting spin on it I mean, don't get me wrong, I thought it was a good thing that the shop owner didn't say anything about Sally Ann or working or anything like that. I mean, you don't want them to. You know, if you no, perceive this I person mean, as a threat, yeah, if you perceive this person as a threat or something else and so on, but, you know, the whole idea of saying, you know, buy something and go, and he's like, I'm just here to ask a simple question, instead of like, what's called the law. I mean, it went from A to Z almost instantaneously, you know what I mean? And well, I mean, that's understandable, because in the first, what, two or three episodes, we see them come down right on four-wheelers to store, destroy the shop, and so... The yeah, your reputation precedes you, you know, the re, you know, that's just the bottom line, and so... Yeah, I mean, that's standard procedure once a pharaoh comes into your store, apparently, so... So, I, you can I, see I it from both sides, you know, hey, Hassel, you're upset, but, you know, the clan you're a part of has created this reputation, so you're going to have to get over that, you know? And yeah. then, why don't you just continue that by taking his, you know, display and throwing it on the ground as you walk out, you know? <laughs> so, you <laughs> know, uh, I thought that was something. So, and then also the next scene that Hassel's in, when he's talking to Asa, I thought the camera work coming in from the mountain to the creek and stuff was beautiful. But just yeah. like the interesting, interesting talk that they had. Yeah, these where, lo- locations are awesome. Yeah. And just, That just shows, you know, I thought that was an awesome detail because it shows you the time and effort he's down there doing what he's doing. And he's not magically up the mountain, down the mountain, up the mountain. Because we've kind of worried about that and felt like that wasn't necessarily 100% realistic considering that the first episode explained that it takes three hours for four-wheelers to make it to that bottom 
of the mountain. And now so, we know that he's been gone for a couple of days. Yeah, I mean, he did, the guy's, you know, doing something. He's got his own little mission and completely oblivious, you know, even though he was there Johnny on the spot when, you know, the other cousin died, you know, when they found his body, but he's not been Johnny on the spot to know anything else that's been going on. No. With his cousins, why you know he's down there searching for Sally Ann. Um, exactly. As soon as he shared some uh, handmade shine with girl, I guess New Brennan, he uh, scooted on down the mountain. You know what was crazy about that conversation when they're in that creek um, is that I thought Hassel did an amazing job of as soon as they let him know that the New Brennan, you know, he basically understand that's Big Foster. You know, you oh, could just face. see the weight land on his shoulders like oh wait a minute yeah. I, I almost barbecued that guy in a cage uh, like a few days ago and oh man just the thought of I probably should have thrown that torch inside yeah, we should have had ribs that night you know foster style and we didn't and now he has to you have to imagine he is probably not a well not a person who's wanted or going to be well liked by the new Brendan and you know he's going to be an outcast just like Asa is on uh, on the mountaintop, which I thought... Oh, if, I, if I was him, I would have immediately been, so where are we going, cuz? Yeah, because, exactly. Uh, I'm, I'm not heading up. And I, I like I like that, you know, there's trying to be a partnership there. I think that's a good partnership, you know. Uh, Hassel and Asa and so on, I think that's going to be a necessary evil. Um, yeah, we, I mean, we have Asa, the head brewer, uh, Hassel, maybe Gwen. I'm not 100% sure where... She is at this She's point. all over the map right now. All over but the map. I thought map. they did a good job with her this week. Now, I will tell you, I, my wife was over there pumping her fist. Da, da, da. You know, even though she said, yes, I accept, and we had that weird, crazy laugh out of Ryan Hurst, which was kind of very creepy, by the way. And it didn't really, you know, it was super creepy, and then it cut to commercial, and then it just kind of left us, you know, with a whimper on that. Like, it never had a conclusion. But I guess really, no. what kind of conclusion can you have from that other than everybody just being like really weirded out? And yeah, that whole scene was a little weird. <laughs> I thought the laugh was creepy. I just, I, I'm kind of like, well, it, it kind of left us unfinished a little bit. You know, like, okay, well, you're laughing, so that's disrespect to Big Foster. Everybody else was kind of like, ooh. You know, or not real sure, and then we're just we move on. We don't get a we don't get a like I said a conclusion of what that what entailed from that. You know, or did, they, did they, he just scoot away after the laugh? Yeah, exactly. Did, did you he know? stand there awkwardly and kind of embrace it? Like what what, what happened there? Yeah, I thought that was strange. And then, but also my biggest like takeaway from that scene was right before that happened, they go oh. Foster, we have rules. You know, the lady from the circle, and he goes, you can address me as Brennan. And the only thought I had was, back to a good old Game of Thrones, when Tywin was talking to Joffrey, if you have to remind people that you're king, then you're not king. Yeah, great line. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt. You just establish so no respect. keep telling people that, you know, he's their king, there's not a lot of respect heading towards his way right now. Well, even Gwen said it later. You know what I mean? You know, when she even made reference, mm -hmm. you know, about respect and all these other things. And so, I mean, it, it it's another example of really good writing and quality deals. And it's like little subtle disrespects and subtle, 
you know, lack of respect and everything else that is just part of the culmination of his new empire as ruler. And um, even then, even like when the circle walks up to him and he's like, you know, yes, I banished Asa and this, 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 and I'll let you know when your services are needed, you know, and... Um, well, he even said, I'm not even sure if y'all are needed anymore. You know, we <laughs> might have to disband you. Yeah, and that really blew my mind because I, I kind of thought like the circle was almost the more important. Yeah, and they're just duds, you know. And yeah, I mean, we thought they had actual power. The elders were like, move on, elders, you know. <laughs> I mean, so I didn't get you that. You served your time. Exactly. You know, but going back to Guinevere, like we were talking earlier, I did like her to a point this episode. I did like her kind of sh showing that she's trying to make some power plays, some moves for herself. Uh, I think that she didn't plan on making them like she did, but she had to in a tight spot and position. I think what's crazy about her character is, is that I don't know how this dynamic with her and little foster is going to finally unravel because it's great. One episode, terrible. Another great again, completely unraveled, you know, um, is it planned or is it just, she has really feels, you know, they're just so all over the map with her and her emotions. And I mean, I'm completely lost with it. Now we're at a love square with one woman. And I don't, let me ask you this. Do you think Little Foster has fallen off the wagon? Now, do you think this is the thing that pushes him to where he's going to do something crazy and maybe make a run at uh, Big Foster? Um, you know, sadly, the preview kind of tells a little bit that way. Um, I just don't think he has the sand. You know what I mean? I, I don't. I don't think so either. Um, I mean, I think the preview is like it builds it up to it perfectly, but I don't think we get that climax. No, I um, think he's just going to be put in chains or banished along with Asa. Unfortunately, I, I think it's one of those situations where it's another catch twenty two, where you know David Morrissey is such a dynamic character. He's a Brennan in the whole nine yards, and so I don't see him being touchable, especially not this soon into his new leadership as well as every other climactic scene between two major characters, we kind of have an understanding that we're really not going to lose one. Nothing really is going to happen that's going to change the dynamics of shows because they're on, you know, they're the primaries. And so it's kind of like a futile situation, you know. Um, and so I'm really going to be curious to see how they're going to spike the drama when it comes to that, when you really don't feel like there can be a conclusion that is going to be satisfying or that's going to you know, quench that thirst of revenge for what David Morrissey, Big Foster's character, has done to so many people. I mean, sadly, I, I hate to say it, but I, I think David Morrissey's untouchable for the rest of the season. I, I would think so as well. If anything, he went from... I think Will Foster's the one that's in trouble. Right. I think he went from the second, maybe third most important character to right up to number one based on how this episode concluded and where things are going. And well, then he's finally acting and looking like he belongs in the show. Because as everyone knows, I was not a fan of him at the beginning. Or the last, even, you know, the two episodes previous to this one. I still wasn't digging him. Yeah. Um, but he is completely taking control of the show. 
Uh, I'm with you. And I'm just really curious if they're going to maintain him as being a bad character in a lead role. Or are they going to have a redemptive arc that is actually fulfilling and maintainable for the future? Does that make sense? Uh, it does, but I'm going with the first. Because even Gwen recognized it in saying, I do like things about you. I even like how much conviction you have in your decisions, even if they're not the right ones. You know, I love that you have that quality of you're just going to, even if it's a mistake, you're going to go full head of steam with it. And I think he truly believes guns are the only answer. Well, yeah, and I mean, he is going to get them no matter what he has to do, who he has to steamroll over, because he just doesn't see the clan surviving without him. Yeah. And so I don't think he's going to have a redemptive arc. I don't think there's any way that he changes his mind. Yeah, I agree with you. I think so. And, you know, and it's funny you say that she gives him that, you know, that conviction and that, you know, that confidence boost. And then, you know, five seconds later, she's got a knife at his throat telling him that <laughs> until you run the gauntlet, buddy, you ain't getting nothing. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely and, love and it. You're not getting any bonus without that gauntlet. But, and I thought that was a great scene for her. It was. so that she still had a lot of control. Yeah. Basically, remember, Big Foster, anytime you're around, I'm going to have a blade on me. So, yeah, you know, you know she was talking, she was working on getting her own little uh, filet knife. Yeah, I just, man, I'm really, really curious if that's ever going to come to a culmination. Is it, Do we see a rape scene or something of that effect later? Did we get to them actually getting a gauntlet or so on? That right there is the question. I don't think we'll ever see, like, a rape scene or anything on this show. Uh I don't think, because women are, have, are still held to a very high pedestal on this, in the clan. So I don't think that there's... Well, let me, let me rephrase that. Maybe not a rape scene, but maybe we, we see her, you know, like, something's going on in the house. You hear her hollering, and not in a good way, and... And it just kind of draws back, and you kind of just have that understanding that it was a non-consensual situation. And do you, does it ever even get to that point? Do they actually run the gauntlet and actually say you're truly married? Does that actually happen for uh, Big Foster? Um, man, that's a good question. Because she definitely won't be happy if she runs the gauntlet and everything. Uh. I'm going to get on a limb and say that he does complete the gauntlet and they do truly become married. Wow. Wow. I don't really see any way of that stopping anytime soon. Um, you know, I don't see it happening. I think that another conflict of some kind, I don't know which one, is going to impede that from actually coming to fruition and that's going to be held in limbo, possibly leading into the end of the season or even to the next season. Oh, I like that. But I, I think that they want to possibly, if they want to give him a redemptive arc, it will be with a child. 
Oh no! Now, you you you've gone off into way off in the left field. You're not even in the ballpark. I don't know where you get with this stuff, man. If they do that right here, I'm Peter Matei. I just need to email him and be telling him that look, man. I don't know where you're going with all that. But if there is a child with Big Foster and Quinevere or something, um, you, yeah. That, you wanted a redemptive arc. That's and... that's not redemptive. That's if anything. That is a continuation of purgatory. Uh, you know, I'm sorry. Redemptive is him, you know, letting go of Guinevere and, you know, maybe even so much so as sacrificing himself or doing... Well, that's one of those are going to happen. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. This, the whole redemptive thing is seeming pretty thin, uh, you know, or he, you know, he lets the circle make decisions and it becomes more of a democracy or something. That's not going to happen in my opinion either. There, there's some redemptive things that could have happened, or he could make some good decisions to save some other characters when he doesn't no, have to. No. That could kind of do some things, but you know, I don't I mean, know. He might make some decisions to kill some characters, but that too. Well, we've, we've already done that, you know. Been there, yeah, done that. So I, I don't you know. know. Was lead him to power. I don't know. Then again, if he becomes redemptive, you have to have an internal antagonist, and there's really nobody else. I think it's suited for it. And no, because even when Will Foster tried to and said, you know, he'd come out to the circle and say he did it, Big Foster already had it all lined up to where, sorry, kid, you're three steps behind. Who's yeah. going to tell where your whereabouts are? Why am I not just going to say that you killed Brennan? Yeah, now his little, his little story there, you know, Ryan, Ryan Hurst's face of like, crap, you got me, you know, how am I yeah. going to explain that, um, and here's the other thing too, is that Ryan Hurst can say, yeah, you did it, dad, and everybody, you need to know that, but you're kind of an accomplice, you got him out of I the cage, of you yeah. know, you're just as guilty for his actions by getting him out of that cage, and so, yeah, I mean, we can't help that you were silly enough to fall for the uh, fact that you thought he was just going to talk to her. Another example of him being a complete dope. I really hope we're over the whole complete dope scenario. He doesn't have a brain. Yeah, like you said. I don't think he's had a single thought in this entire series. Well, it's time for him to come up with some thoughts that actually are productive and progressive for his character because, you know, it's time for Ryan Hurst to become somebody that I truly enjoy watching every second of on this show continue that kind of arc instead of this guy who is constantly the wolves pulled over his eyes and he's like duh duh oh okay I'll do that I mean I'm waiting for one of the uh, onset causing people to just start dropping a little oil on their shoulders you know let's get the little tin moving yeah I don't know it's just uh, I mean he's a thin man right now brainless I, I agree I agree. Well, the last thing I want to talk about is, let's talk about the stash and his midnight search for Caleb. Okay. Well, I mean, you just want to combine the two scenes like he did because, I mean, we do have Hazel, or Hassel running away That's from true. the town. Yeah, that did happen at the same time. I almost forgot about that. Well, the, 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 the sheriff, the old stash, uh, worst father of America, you know, award winner. Um, <laughs> so he wants to get mad at his sister. Because the kid walks out exactly done to him several you know time for, which I think is complete hypocritical hilarious. But so now we're driving. He says, "I know where he might be." Well, and where he used to be was at the bus stop. 
Well, this time we yeah. see him driving along the edge of the mountain roads and sees well, his... Well, that's the same spot that Asa was a few weeks ago when he got... When the crap beat out of him, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he sees the kid's shadow go up the side of this mountain. Well, he just pulls out, runs up there, da da da, loses him immediately. But in the thick of you know what looks to be kudzu and weeds, da 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 da, he finds the hat. Well, and then of course he ends up in this, you know, I'm guessing an old mine shaft. Now this yeah. whole deal, he falls, he gets up, and he sees this wolf. Now we're going back to we're getting more and more of this, you know, mystic, you know, this um, what do you call it? You know, these premonitions. Yeah, you know, spiritual world, whatever you want to call it. You know, and he freaks out, falls, and then all of a sudden, the, the tunnel caves down on him. Where are they going with his story arc now? I mean, realistically, I mean, what what, what is this? I mean, I think it's something that if by any chance that they can find out that he's up in that mountain, that gives the coal company right to go up and uh, extract him, and maybe start setting a little bit of dynamite because well, here's here's like usually you kind of you kind of led into what I was thinking all right so what do we know facts wise right now the sister comes in and tells stash Caleb's gone and he yeah. goes you lost him you talk about me being a parent parent and he makes the comment the ferals have taken him and yeah. I know where he is he's on that mountain and so then you see him drive up the mountain and go up there. Well, when they find his truck, which, by the way, was running and the door open, okay, they're going to see that, that's what, you know, I guess, that he went up the mountain. Well, yeah. And so as a conclusion of that, you're going to have a missing sheriff. You're going to have a sister saying that he believed took his son. that his son was kidnapped by Farrells, and now he's not to be found and looks like he went up the mountain. And so this is going to be the ignition into now we can have enough to go up there, maybe even have state police or something. I don't know. Even well, though I do think it's premature. Yeah, I think it's premature to have state police or anything like that. But I think it's going to definitely increase the that catalyst, that intention that's going to light that flame that, okay, we got to get people up there because we believe this is what's going on. And, yeah. and then combine well, I don't really see any chance that state police gets involved in this show. Do you? I don't want them to. I, you know, I want it to be a local matter. I think if state police yeah. get involved, it kind of ruins the dynamic. Well, no, seriously, like state police gets involved, military gets involved, and... Yeah, it, the, it doesn't, it, it's not small town anymore. It, then it turns into a real war, and, you know, government's going to win, you know. Um, no. And so, yeah, I totally see, I don't want to see that at all. But then at the same time this is happening, you see Hassel down there in the streets walking around and the drunk, the drunk trio um, going tracking down. Now, I'm going to tell you, in my mind, I was like, oh my God, we're actually going to lose a main character. Because I thought he was uh, we got three guys with guns who are already shooting at him now. Given, already shooting at him. He's there stuck by a fence. And they come out. I was expecting firing squad. Yeah. And I thought it was over. I was like, do you have any last words? Because uh, you're not making it to the next episode, buddy. Right. And so I was kind of like, wow, this show is really, really thrown a loop. And Kyle Gallner, or what, I think is his last name, has done such yeah. an awesome show. 
and awesome job. I'm like, no, I cannot believe they're going to kill him off. But wow, what a what a plot point, what a movement. Da, da, da. And instead, I was actually a little disappointed. It was bittersweet because I was applauding the show for taking that leap. Yeah, taking that leap out there and killing off this this love connection with Sally Ann and um, you know being the the first move was made by the, the town folks and killed what I would consider a prominent character and I was kind of like wow and then they left you with this cliffhanger and I was like okay well they, they won't show us in the preview and guess what the first thing they do in the preview they show them yeah, they show them you know in, locked up in a basement with these dudes and I was now, before the preview started, did you think he was gone? I thought he was dead. I, I thought he was dead. I, and I, I didn't think they would. I don't think they were going to show him getting shot. If they did, it would be like from way far away, and you would just see the flashes of the gun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like through the buildings and stuff, you know? And you would just be left in awe and just, oh my God, I can't I can't believe with this. And. You would have a murder. I've been fine with that, or just like the Sopranos thing, where just the screen went black, like they did, and we just never saw him again. Right, and, and then, I would have been fine with either one of those. Right, and then Not you have endorsing the, for him. Then you have the left you know, the, the the one deputy left over. He's stuck trying to find the sheriff, and then they find out there's been, there's a murder in the in the city limits of a feral, and. Yeah. And so everybody is discombobulated and not know what to do, how to handle it, and so on. Wow, what a story, you know, for it to just completely, you know, basically boil over with nobody can control it. And and then I was kind of disappointed that the preview showed that he was alive. I mean, I'm happy he's alive. So it's kind of, like I said, it's bittersweet. I'm happy ha- uh, Hassel is still alive. He's a phenomenal character. Great job for Kyle. I love him, what they do from the show. And then I'm like, but dang, they had an opportunity to really, really throw you a, a curveball and really shift this this story into super high gear um, by you know killing off the also character. It really doesn't make much sense that he's still alive because, like you said, they were already shooting him. You know, they're not going to do a prisoner exchange. No. Even if he gives them information, there's no way they're going to easily make it up that mountain. I don't so see the problem. Yeah. The only thing I can see here, the only thing I can see here is that Sally Ann comes to his rescue somehow. She finds out that they're holding him or whatever. Um, I, could, I mean, I could see that maybe, but the brother's already thrown Sally Ann around. Yeah, it's just so thin. I don't see where this is going. They're re- Peter and them are really going to have to stun me with what they're going to try to create out of this plot line now that they've captured him and killed him captive. And what this is going to serve a purpose-wise. Um, yeah, I would love to see the purpose, because right now, I think I can speak for both of us, we just don't see it. Yeah, I, I think they missed a golden opportunity, even though I'm still kind of happy he's still alive. I'm, yeah, I hate we're, we, we love him, great character. We just, it, this was one of the biggest writing faux pas we've had. Yeah, this was, this, show. yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that, I would agree with you there. Is that? Um, but they should have just made the fence. If they wanted him to still be alive, they should have just made the fence shorter, so he could have hopped over. Yeah, I mean, he hopped over one fence or climbing up it. I know this fence was taller, but you know, I don't know. 
I'm sorry. Somebody was shooting. I'm still making an effort. You know, I, I don't yeah. know. Uh, just me though. You know, even though I don't think I could get over a four foot fence, but uh, it, it is what it is. But, um, but again, overall episode, I think it's one of my favorites. Um, cause I was just so impressed with them just turning the knob up on intensity and creating all this real, you know, tension throughout the entire episode. Um, I loved, you know, that we got, we got fewer feedback and everybody was talking about kind of the same thing, just the, the ratcheting up of, uh, you know, the storyline going in so many different new directions and all these characters are in peril now, you know, your little foster is in a bad situation. Gwen's in a bad situation. Ace is in a bad situation. Uh, Hassel's well, in a bad situation. Look, look to climb his way out a little bit. I don't know. I mean, he came up, shots fired. Yeah, I mean, that was the last thing I was going to say was is that, yeah, he, he gets a bottle of shine and he trades it for uh, an AR-15, not AR, what is it, uh, AK-47. Yeah, AK-47. You know, and takes up the hill, shoots it up and says, hey, you know, I can get 100 more of these. That's another example. What is he doing? You know, what is his game here? I'm trying to predict that you want back in the group so bad that you're willing to give the the devil exactly what he wants. I, I don't, oh, I don't get think that. he's going to give him anything. Uh, I think he's going to give him that one with no ammunition. And I think he's setting Big Foster up into a trap. Well, I, I agree too. There, and there's I always think he's going to end up missing. But I think this is all a trap because before he went down there, he told the... Uh, Ted Brewer, whose name I, I just can't think of, that he would never give Big Foster those guns. Yeah, I mean he does. He sets him up. I'm just trying to figure out how is he gonna how is he gonna play that? What's it what's his puzzle he's presenting him that he's not gonna be able to complete? And so that is kind I of mean, intriguing. I look to see where that's gonna take us. He Ace has been three steps ahead of all of us this entire show. And so I don't see that changing right now. And I think it right now is just a big trap for Big Foster to get down off the mountain. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I think that'll be good. That'll be good. But, man, I mean, wow, we've been babbling for a while, brother. I don't think we got anything else on this unless you got anything. Uh, I, I got nothing. <laughs> Guys, we always appreciate y'all listening. And, uh, you know, you can always reach us or give us feedback at Apple TV Podcast. Um, you know, as well as BTV podcast at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page and all these other different places. Y'all can always hit us up. We always look forward to hearing from you guys. We usually do a great job of replying and having a good conversation. Um, but other than that, uh, guys, we'll see y'all next week. Really excited to see where this is going to go. I think this next episode and so on, we're just going to be continuing to ratchet up and make it even more gut wrenching. And I'm really excited to see where this can go, as well as really excited they're going to have already signed on for season two because there was that kind of scare that they were going to sell off the network and maybe it torpedo it. But I think all crisis is averted. Um, I mean, we couldn't be happier that I got the second one. Uh, please let us know where do you think at the uh, clan series it started. You know, give us a little your feedback on what y'all think. Yes, predictions, predictions, people, predictions. But other than that, guys, this is Bleed TV, and I'm Zach. And I'm Cash. And we'll see you guys next week.